I love road life. I love van life. I can't wait to get back to it one day. The van is the heart to it all. And I'm just forever grateful for that experience because it's led us to where we are today and for taking that leap. And yeah, it brought us home. Yeah. The van brought us home. Happy Wednesday and welcome back to the Pack Chat, everyone. Happy Wednesday, second ever episode of the Pack Chat. Here we go. What are we talking about today, Krista? Well, a, a lot of people must wonder what is Van Wise if they haven't seen our very beginning videos. Van Wise, where did that come from? Where you're living in, these girls are living in a cabin. I think they don't understand what a van and a cabin is. Are we going to change our name to Cabin Wise? <laughs> you know, that discussion. Unfortunately, you can't change your name once you start something on YouTube. It just doesn't work. There's a thing called analytics, but I won't bore you because I love numbers and not everyone does. So that's not ever going to change. Also, I look at Van Wives as like a tattoo. It's just a part of your life and you just never changes. And I really like it. It's pretty catchy. Like who's going to remember the names Jazz and Crystal? They're going to remember Van Wives. So today we're obviously talking about van life. And what brought us home? How we got here? Our little story. Things we've never shared before that I think are very important if you are starting any alternative living to be getting prepared to what van life is like now, to what it was like when we started, the differences, the highs and the lows. Just all of our thoughts surrounding it and will we do it again? Let's get started. Yeah. So how did we get the name Van Wives? How did this happen? We were driving in the van for one of the first times and we were on a back road and we were talking about starting Instagram. Instagram. Obviously, that's where it started. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I all think the cool I made it up. Doing. Yeah. It was just because I was like, we're like wives in a van van wives and that's just it just clicked how it clicked and then I begged Jasmine to get us the license plate yeah we were she didn't want it we were this is when we were building the van and we were how much was that plate $310 I remember every penny Crystal my brain is not okay with numbers sometimes it knows every single thing you were not happy no that was my paycheck I was a server I made max 400 every two weeks on my paycheck I know are you kidding me I we're ridiculous and still are (laughs) I am still so proud of that decision. That plate made my life. Yeah, it was a very happy moment. I was proud to be a van wife. Mm-hmm. We should actually talk about how we, why we got rid of it. That's a good idea too. Everyone wants to know. Mm, true. So we are going to get a window to install in our Sprinter van when we were building it. And Crystal goes, I'm getting a license plate. And I was like, what? Says what? She's like, van wives, that's us. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. And she was like, I'm getting it. I was like, how much is it? $310. I was like, we're not doing that, Crystal. Yeah, we are. I was like, oh my goodness. Like we're going to find a used window because we can't afford a $300 window, but we'll buy a $300 license plate and you're only going to spend $50 on a window that's literally to waterproof your house. I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Anyways, we bought it. I loved it. It was funny. It was a cool moment in a back road in Aurelia. <laughs> yeah. We kept the plate for a long time. We still have the plate in, yeah. our, in our cabin. I want to put it up somewhere one day. Yeah, soon. When when it's the cabin's like going more finished. Yeah. But what did we We're in the garage. I think that's what people do. It's kind of cool, right? Why don't we have the license plate anymore? A lot of people ask. Yeah, so many people ask that. It was a decision that took a long time to make. We ended up like feeling mutually about it. Um we we loved it so much. Overall, like what was the reason? It was just like crossing borders was a little bit spooky sometimes with it I just, for instance Detroit when yeah. they were like it's a shame you two are gay yeah one of the border po- because, patrol said that under their breath and because it was, they saw our license plate it was 
not a good feeling. It was, and they had our dogs, they had our passports, they had everything. Like, and we love being open and sharing our relationship clearly. and like our sexuality online and talking about who we are and what we stand for. But oh. when you're driving your vehicle down the road, it just at some point I was like, I don't want people to just automatically assume we're together. Like, what if I need or want to conceal my relationship? You, or you have to. Right. That's what it is. And we so, don't want to ever. We have to correct. sometimes. You're we're right. gay. Yeah. Like you, you have to. You're right. And we're putting ourselves in these situations. This is some people's reality. Yeah. So, so if we consider ourselves privileged that we can also conceal. Totally. Yeah. Well, some people can't even conceal their relationship. Yeah. We can. And we don't live in these places like luckily where we live. I used to take off the beanie. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> luckily where we live, that's like not something we have to worry about. Like you said, this isn't yeah. our reality. However, we for safety circumstances, it felt like the right decision. So um, being a moving vehicle and starting to create an online presence and clearly being a queer couple. Yeah. I think what also, we didn't take it, we didn't take it off right then. We lived with that for another two years, even after that experience. Cause we were like, no, yeah, we, we like, want to be yeah. out and proud of every single thing. We were like, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> so it came off. Yeah. It came off after like two years. Also when we started like YouTube, like Crystal said, we became began we began to get noticed and also people would like type our license plate in on their instagram like if they were driving behind us and now they know everything that's in that vehicle which i thought was like kind of scary even if i yeah. had like my instagram handle like i know a lot of people put their instagram handle on their you know what i mean on I their on that. their van For and some even reason, that is i don't like that because you have a van tour telling everyone where everything is i get that and that never worries laptops me. cameras this that like I mean, I want to like obviously say people are are good, but at the same time, you just never know who you're driving by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think it's smart. Like, do you put your handle on your on your house? No, I get what you're saying. It makes so much sense. This doesn't move, I guess. It's not marketing, no, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You don't you don't care about that? No. No. <laughs> Stern. But yeah, that's the license plate story. It came off. We still love it. We still have it. But I think it's better not to have it on the van and van wives will forever stick with us it'll forever van be wives van forever wives. hashtag van wives <laughs> yeah so let's start off with van life how do we even get into van life that's probably a question we've never answered one day i was scrolling instagram like we do and i don't know if anyone knows idle theory but og van lifers first people i would say to live in a van online obviously a lot of people lived in a van before the online world and they, Kit Whistler was talking about how she had kombucha in her van. Can and I say one thing? Yeah. This was long before Sprinter vans. Oh yeah, no one had a Sprinter van. Idle Theory lives in an orange VW bus way back. Like it's so old. I don't even know how old it is. And I came across their page on Instagram and they were like carrying kombucha, make, brewing kombucha in their van. I thought that was so cool. And then she made, she makes very detailed captions and Everyone was like, how can you brew kombucha in your van? And she was like, people are weirded out by that. People live in vans with dogs. And I was like, what? You can live in a van with a dog? And at that point, Crystal and I were doing a lot of air travel. Not a lot, but like we were doing like three month travels. That's how we were preferring to live at that time. We were like, if we could just be traveling all the time, we would. But yeah. we were obviously still working and traveling as much as possible. Yeah. We would just like save a lump sum, go fly for three months, this save was, a lump sum. What? Six or seven years ago? six years ago. Yeah. And I had dogs. So that was like the hardest thing to do was leave them for three months. So 
when I came across that people were living in vans with dogs, I kept scrolling, found more VW people living in a van with their dog. And I was like, this van's tiny. I could do this. So we started small. We started living in our Honda Civic, going on crazy adventures, even if we had like three days off and we'd all four of us would sleep in the Honda Civic. I so wish that the Honda life made it to YouTube. It can come back. (laughs) I'd love a little Honda. Way cheaper on gas in the trucks <laughs> <laughs> and the van. Let's live in a Honda. Probably going to break down a lot less too. <laughs> yeah, that thing lasted forever. I love that little yeah. Rhonda, the Honda. Of course, uh, everyone who has a Honda names it Rhonda. I'm not original, I know. <laughs> and so that's how van life began. So then when we found out people were living in vans with dogs, I think shortly after we saw Leah at Donnelly's and she was telling us her plan to build out a van and... I was like, no way. I'm following the van life thing too. And they were literally building their van, I think, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Or just bought it. Yep. Or just finished, I believe. I think they just bought it because mm. they were building it for a year before, yeah. right? Anyways, they have, Max and Lee had obviously a big dog. So I was like, this is perfect. Like, I was always a little hesitant about a VW and two dogs, but a Sprinter van and two dogs? It's like chef's kiss. So we looked on Kijiji for how long? five to eight months for mm-hmm. a sprinter van and which seemed like a lot of time back then but I feel like nowadays it's probably pretty average I feel like everybody wants a van yeah oh 100 I think it took longer though before because van life wasn't what it is now so a lot of people were still buying vans for like their work other yeah other methods of living not li- no what am I saying other purposes people were buying yeah vans for other purposes where now I feel like van life is probably the number one thing people are buying vans for totally and well Ford has that new van too that new van life van. I could, I could switch. What's it called? Trails. Ford Trails Ford. or Transit Trails. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Oh. I just oh. think it's so wild. Think about that years ago, had that been an option. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to buy a new van back then, but it's just so cool that that's a thing. Yeah. It looks mean. They're gearing it out to be something that you can adventure in. Mercedes, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they kind of are at the pleasure way, but it's not like a off-roading one. Nah. It's like a, I'm retired. Let's go. Nothing wrong with that though. I like them. TVs are nice, but <laughs> <laughs> so we found the van on Kijiji, but we found it. How many provinces over? Like five provinces over in Alberta. Jasmine was super eager to get into the van, like all throughout. She was in school at the time. I think you failed to mention that you were in university on Kijiji. studying super hard, not listening to, to my teacher, not and listening like, to my professor. The second we graduated, Jasmine had spent months, by the way, like researching, um, doodling. She'd spent her days at, at school, like obviously at school, but she would be, she'd come home with tons of doodles of like our van layout and everything. And, you know, the battery, totally, system. The battery system, the electrical system, you were totally invested in the idea. You were so into it. And then the second you graduated, it was like the, we, we were driving away. You got your diploma and we drove away from yeah. your career, actually. <laughs> Love it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people, you get into your career and then you just never leave, right? So I knew, like, don't get into it. Yeah. Go live your life first. Think about how big of a risk that is, though. Think about what that really meant. Like now, you know, even sometimes I think about like when we bought this cabin and how we bought it blind. It's kind of like the same scenario. You just like graduated and we drove away on this adventure. We had no idea where we we're going, what we were doing. You're or what, speaking really fast. What was going to happen? <laughs> that might happen. And kind of with the cabin, it was the same scenario where you're just kind of like getting yourself into something, having no idea what's ahead of you, but that you were open to the idea of it. And sometimes I think like, would I today buy something like this blind? I don't know. But it was one of the best decisions we ever made. I probably wouldn't now that I know a lot more about building now 
but we are so naive and happy-go-lucky. But sometimes those are the the biggest risks are the biggest rewards. So maybe I would. Hate to break it to you. We still are that naive. <laughs> no, we know what to check for now. Yeah, but we're always just flying flying around off the whim. You know, I'll fly. What, are you, what, what do you say? How do you say that? I don't know. But yeah, we're flying around. You're just doing, we're just Whatever. going. We're not really like thinking so much about every detail. We're working on it. It's a blessing and a curse. Double-edged sword. Okay, where are we going now? Back on track. So we flew to get the van in Alberta. And the reason we really like this van in Alberta more than Ontario is because, well, one, the person was super nice and kind. And they even invited us in their house for a fire, which that was amazing. But two, more importantly, the van had no rust on it. And that's because in Canada, we use so much salt on our roads in Ontario and Alberta doesn't use any salt. They use sand. So this van was impeccable. New turbos and uh, transmission inspection. Everything is running good. So we flew. Sorry, that is a complete reminder that we need to take care of our van. It was in such good condition. It needs love. Yeah, I know. I look at the back burner. Yes. Sorry, you were talking about it and I was picturing the day we purchased it and it was what the beautiful. body looked like. Remember I sent Lee the photos and she was like, how did you find a van in that good of condition? It was gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's still such a great van, but... It's amazing. It that, just needs body work. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, does anyone want to drive our van down to Baja? <laughs> get to it some body work. Get it body work in La Paz. I will pay for your trip, literally. Like, <laughs> go have fun. Just get our van down there and then fly home. I'll pay for a flight home. It literally. needs so much love. Um, that's we, our goal very soon is to yeah. take care of it get it back up and the body work is just better in Baja and cheaper that's why I say I'll pay for the trip and the flight because in Canada it's ridiculous and it just comes right back yeah. so and if you didn't know now you know so we bought the van and we drove it all the way home we only had run- one problem driving home I would say it's that was the best test drive you could ever give a vehicle and it was the crankshaft sensor so basically when you're cranking your vehicle we just go ding ding and then it would stop wouldn't turn over right and it wouldn't turn over like start and that happens when there's like a leak in the o-ring from the sensor it's not making connection the van wouldn't start when it was hot it would only start when it's cold so we just really couldn't turn it off or we'd have to drive and then like (laughs) sit and then whatever it's an 80 dollar part a really simple fix you just get up over the steering wheel except ours was pretty seized so we had louis help us like take it off but that was the start of our that was the start of our love for mechanics yes. with the van specifically. Yeah. And in Manitoba, we were at, no, Ontario, Thunder Bay. We were at a gas station and the person that helped us diagnose this problem, he's like, yeah, it's not turning over. I was like, turning over. What does that mean? He's like, starting. I was like, oh yeah, no, what, no, like help me. You and know they were I mean? like, they were like, here. I no, have, no, they were like, you got a 10 mil? Yeah, you have a 10 mil. And I was like, a 10 mil? <laughs> and then they were like, a wrench. I was like, no, I just bought this thing. I'm driving home. And then they were like, this is your 10 mil. And we still have this wrench to this day. They gave us their 10 mil. And they were like, do you know what giving a 10 mil is about? That means like, they really like you. Your 10 mil is your most important wrench you will ever carry. You use it for everything. everything. How kind was that person? Yes. Imagine seeing someone on the road. Come on. He like was like, that- this is very expensive. <laughs> also, like we, he could have just sent us off to Canadian Tire, go buy one. Yeah. Like, that's so kind. I actually forgot about that moment. And how funny is it to be sitting here right now, thinking back to the moment that we didn't know what a 10 mil was. And now we have lots of tools. And now we're building stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, who would have known? You Going have to start- back to those two gals sitting in those seats of the van, driving pretty much aimlessly into a dream without a 10 mil. <laughs> a 10 mil. So a 10 mil is a wrench and it is what 
helps you disconnect your battery and that restarts your engine. So that's why 10 mil is so important. So, so our, so we would have to restart the, the battery by unplugging the negative and then our van wouldn't remember what code was on. So if you have like a check engine light, I don't know if this happens in the newer cars, so don't quote me, but if you have a check engine light or any lights and you take off the battery negative and then put it back on, your car computer won't remember what that code was for a little bit until you start driving and it starts thinking and then it goes bingo <laughs> but you can at least turn your car on right so yeah. that's what we would do when we were driving home got it home went to pie showed all of What's our pie pies are oh yeah <laughs> went home went to pie which is a restaurant that we were servers at i worked there for nine years crystal worked there for four Five. years and was my boss whatever well she talk, hates that talk about that later she I didn't hates listen. that that's where we met yeah we pie. met at work anyways we were servers we showed all of our friends there because we were like all the best of friends in serving. Everyone was like, what is going on? Like, this is so funny. This is so cool. They couldn't even see our vision that we well, were going to make it a house. Also at that time, there was, van life was a thing, but it wasn't, it just wasn't what it is today. There was like three van lifers online. People, my friends genuinely thought I was so weird for like what we were doing. They thought I was so weird. Yeah, everyone would be like, why are you driving that? Whereas like now people are like, Oh my gosh, you like you're pursuing that, like you're doing van life. Good for you. You know, like you people see it, you see it places. It's in TV shows now. We were watching Grey's Anatomy like a week ago. I just got hooked. Jocelyn's been watching it for like 20 years or however long it's, it's been out. And they showed it. They showed one of the nurses in the show living in a van. Yeah. The intern. It's like nurses. She's an intern doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Get it right. I don't know. I'm new. I'm new to the show. Also, I just want to say for anyone who's listening and is getting into van life or thinking about road life in general, get yourself a mechanical tool set. Have some tools on hand. Get yourself a 10 mil. Start out with that because you never know when you're going to need it. Bring tuck tape, bring <laughs> extra oil, all that stuff. Like that's how we got through the years of van life. And like <laughs> any parts you can bring, even if you're not going to do it yourself, you're going to have those parts. So when you show up to a mechanic, you're like, my brakes aren't working. And like, you need new brakes. You like, I have them in the back and they put them on in like five, three to five hours. So yeah. it just saves you a lot of time because it's your house, right? You don't want it to be gone for weeks at a time. It never hurts to be prepared. And if you never know if you ever find yourself in a situation where you, you may need to do something on your vehicle, if you have some, something to allow you to try, you may, you may be more interested than you think. If you ever find yourself in that position. Well, you also save yourself a lot of money because checkups are so expensive. And if you do it yourself, you're doing a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Like I remember emailing Mercedes, asking them for the list of service A and service B. And when I found out what was on there, I said, this is a joke. Like I can do all this myself. Some things on there are check seatbelts. Check seatbelts. Not going to happen. Anyways, you save a lot of money, like over a thousand dollars every single time if you do your own maintenance. Yeah. Okay, so Vans and Barry, we built it out. Took us a long time and a lot of mistakes, but we learned so many new skills. We then were like, this is amazing. However, we spent all of our money building the van, so we had to work again. So we decided to go work on the other side of Canada. So we were working and building and building. And then once we built, we took off. Yeah. To Which, go work. Yeah. So we road tripped obviously out there across Canada, across America, because it was winter and you don't want to hit a moose in Canada. Um, Ooh, I really want to say this. Mm. We went to Tofino That's and I'm going we were on. servers. I don't know if anyone's ever watched those like funny videos online about like van wives or like these like articles that the news people put out, <laughs> but they always say that we were bartenders in a casino, but, but it we was were Tofino. <laughs> it was actually in Tofino on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, a beautiful, beautiful place under the road. 
ocean vibes, surfing vibes, small town. Oh my gosh, like Pacific Northwest, like growing berries, growing wild food, edibles all around you. It's amazing. Like truly Warmest temperature. like, like it's like a rain, it's a rainforest mm-hmm. and it still has my heart. I can't wait to get back there one day and, um, I, I can't wait to show our YouTube community to Fino, but yeah. just because it has such a special place in our heart. And we know all the secret spots because you only get to know the secret spots in Tofino if you're a local after four months. No one will tell you. My friend blindfolded me. She told me she wouldn't take me anywhere unless I was blindfolded. I said, Jasmine, her name was Jasmine too. Like, come on, just, <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone. Anyways, it's a special place. Yeah, and I get it because there's so much tourism. It's so small and you want to keep some like places yeah. to yourself, so. Anyways, we know cool places. Don't know if we can put them online though. And we might get in trouble. Never worked at a casino, which is also very funny. <laughs> yeah, we worked in Tofino at Shed. Anyways, that's where we lived basically on logging roads, saving up. We saved up, I would say, a total of like less than 20000 each. Not each, sorry, total, sorry. Yeah, it was like we saved about $10,000 Canadian each. And then we decided we were going to take off on our adventure to Argentina. We made it, we spent like but a couple months in the States, but spent the majority of that trip in Mexico and Guatemala. I actually spent five months in Mexico it, visiting numerous states on the Baja Peninsula and mainland Mexico. It was the wildest adventure of my life. I love it. Like I, it like gives me goosebumps thinking about traveling like that. Do you know what I mean? I miss it so much. That was van life for us. Van life for us was we are going to use this van as a way to travel with our home, all of our belongings and our dogs. And the four of us are going to go as far as possible and be the most off grid and off the beaten path as often as possible. And Mm -hmm. that was always the goal. It was like, we avoided sleeping in Walmart parking lots 100% of the time. Like we really, really spent hours driving so far off the grid or like let's say we had to be in the city because we needed water the next day. Most people would just stay at Walmart to do all their errands the next day. We would drive like 20 to 30 minutes just up a mountain somewhere parked and it was a beautiful thing. We lived for the solitude. I think also Bella and Izzy lived for it too because you could just let them out without a leash. That's like my biggest thing. I was like, I'm not moving anywhere that's not fenced in. This is before van life, before everything. And then move into a van where you need to have a leash. And anyways, <laughs> but we would find spots we didn't need to. Yeah. And the doors would always be open and it was always us in the complete wilderness, which is like so obvious as to why our next step was the cabin. Mm -hmm. But just like going down that rabbit hole of, you know, being so off the grid in the van one time. Do you remember Playa San Diego? Yeah. In Oaxaca. That was kind of spook. It was spooky. But it was also so beautiful. So we've never talked about this. We haven't actually. This time we, we were on YouTube at this time. I know. But this time on YouTube, it was like. I was scared to talk to the camera still. And like, if I'm saying I'm scared, that means Crystal was petrified because I would throw the camera at her. And this was like our biggest fight. Talk to the camera, Crystal. We started a YouTube channel. You need to talk to the camera. I didn't know how. People would comment being like, it'd be nice to hear from the other one. I'd be like, Crystal. I was so awkward. And now you're so good. I would talk to the camera and I would forget to blink and I would just stare at the lens like this. Wednesday in the making. They got the idea from you. I was. It was (laughs) so, I was so terrified. And, but it was fun. But it was scary. Anyways, we were amateurs and we were trying to share our life online at that time. We were in Oaxaca, one of the states on the west coast of mainland Mexico, Pretty quite close to Guatemala. the border of Guatemala, so southern. And it's 
you know, it's pretty remote in general. It's like there. three hours off a main road. Yeah. It's very remote. So we drove to this beach. It's our YouTube video. We found a hidden secret beach in Mexico. Yes. Yeah. That was like one of our it's first videos popular. to take off. It was like, no, the third, but it, it was a secret, but it's not, not a secret anymore. It's on iOverlander yeah. now. And to be honest, at that time, we didn't know at all how to share truthfully because we were so new. We were so new. We didn't know how to be so vulnerable and like share what it really meant to be like having a hard time at that time. Whereas like now we, we know how to share the good and the bad. Yeah. Well, there's not like we could have got footage of that anyways, of like what happened. What am I going to do? Actually, I probably do have we footage. I, I flew the drone. If I go back, you can probably see them sitting at our van. Oh, you're talking about that. What are you talking about? Well, I was just talking about how we got stuck there. <laughs> oh, we're talking about two different stories. Yeah, well, they're we different went, stories. We went back. We went surfing on that. Okay, picture this empty, vast beach in the middle of nowhere. Us, two gals in the middle of Mexico with our van. Hours from anything. We went surfing, came back to the van, and there was someone sitting in our seat. Like, sitting in our, like, right outside of our van door in our camp chair. They were young. They were young, and we were so spooked. And we they were, were like... They were, like, spying on us, though, because it, it felt weird. Like, when we came to the van, they, the didn't, energy, they didn't leave. They just sat and stared at us. The energy was, like, so scary. And we were like, hmm, well, this is super weird. And so, I, thank gosh Crystal speaks Spanish. I started speaking to them, and I instantly got the vibe that well they didn't say much but they were for sure like a coyote and we've learned now yeah. that there is certain things like cartel in that area yeah and so they were like for sure just making sure that we, we weren't like trespassing on their territory or like doing anything that would be like stepping over their toes. stepping on someone's toes yeah we were just surfing and they, they figured that out pretty fast yeah and then they left and then we never had problems but the other side of to the story is that we broke down after this. How scary on the a beach. coyote sitting <laughs> on your chair and then you can't leave the camp spot. That's three hours away. Also, like we could like the van was not moving. It wasn't driving and we were so screwed. We had no cell service. We were going to run out of water. We were going to run out of food. Like also it was like a million degrees on that beach and we were in our van in the middle of the sun it was like the last place you wanted to be stranded really mm -hmm. really was it was so far from anywhere yeah and so I don't remember how we ended up getting service but we had to we found service and we had to like beg we called like place Curse all kinds dead. of places we had to beg someone beg to come and help us mm -hmm. And finally we got help and we got out of there, but we were stuck there for a two to three days. Yeah. But the stuck part, but also it was like 45 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, like 113 to 115 Fahrenheit. It was hot. I was bothered. I was mean. I was grouchy. I was like, this is not okay. We were running out of water, running out of food. I was like my dogs. I like, wouldn't sleep with the doors open and I needed them open. Like I, yeah. there was no one there, just fishermen at night, which were they're really nice. But still, I understand why we don't open the door. I was super stickler about like nighttime but and like our routine. Belle and I slept on the floor. We were so hot. We were just like, cause we'd obviously check the weather when we go there. Cause it is a very hot place. It's either like some wind and it's nice or it's just hot. Anyways, it turned out to be our belt, our tensioner, and our belt wouldn't stay on. We learned how to put the belts on those three days. We learned the 
puzzle and maze of that belt. And it was such a good feeling when we figured that out. And then the van would drive like a little bit and then it would snap right off. Fall off because there's obviously more than just the belt wrong. It was that like, was the hard. Tunson or pulley. That was that. And that's like, we tried to share, but we didn't like, that was so hard for us. Like there was moments where we were just like bawling our eyes out and we were having such a hard time with being stuck, being broken down, not knowing what to do. I really wish we knew how to video at that time. Cause that's like a great story. It's Cause it's a great a- story. Now we're telling it now. Yeah. I just wish we had had the skills to tell it then. That's why I want to go back to van life because we would literally share everything like this now it would be different we share it like all at the cabin now because like we just know how to share a story where before we only knew how to share a happy story it's a lot easier to share a happy story than it is to share a non-happy story you're also very vulnerable at that time but we know how to do that now and that's why I think if we ever went back to van life or any sort of life on the road it would just be hilarious yeah it'd be hilarious our, our travels people were like like I lost our bumper in the middle of the woods one time we had to go back searching for a bumper for an <laughs> hour like we weren't on YouTube then but that would have been hilarious the stories we have yeah then we got it fixed cross into Guatemala this is actually wild our drone broke you'll understand why this is wild in one second our drone broke while we were flying in Chiapas Mexico which is right before we crossed into Guatemala so we didn't have a drone so we knew we were going to Guatemala per, like in the next couple of days and we're like We'll go to Guatemala City. We'll get a fix. There's like a drone person there. Cool. We'll get it done. So we drove there and it ended up, the part ended up being very delayed, right? And it's kind of a blessing that the part was delayed because at, this is the time that COVID was happening and countries were literally shutting down. So it was 2020. Yeah. If our drone part or our drone didn't if our drone part wasn't delayed or our drone didn't crash we would have already been in El Salvador and at that time you couldn't cross back into Guatemala you couldn't go back north you couldn't go so we would have probably been stuck in El Salvador for a very long time probably wouldn't even have this cabin you ever think about that I know our story would have been so different Mm -hmm. it's wild how life works out yeah yeah so then we drove from Guatemala all the way. Hold up. Shout out to Elsa. We met a oh, subscriber yeah. when we were in Guatemala who let us stay on their farm, family their farm. family farm for a few weeks until we could figure out what the heck we were doing, whether we were going north, south or staying put. So grateful for that moment because it yeah. just put our hearts at ease as well as our family's hearts at ease. Yeah. One of her family members was a doctor. They were living right there. Miguel was teaching us how to plant like lemon, mango and avocado trees. Aww. I know that's when like the spark of like we need to have our land I think oh, kind of yeah. happened because it felt was so good it was so nice to have our doors open 24 7 the dogs who go on the on the walk through the bamboo trail to be tending to their land yeah that is true that's when that that is when that conversation started to happen where we were like the van was parked and you know we were just homesteading yeah yeah that it felt was really nice so good so good anyways turns out we couldn't stay so we had to drive all the way home because Canada was also closing their borders. Everything was unknown, unknown at that point. And then we ended up back here in Canada. Yeah. And I think this is where we really dove into the off grid part of van life because in Canada and America, it's very hard to find off grid places unless you know of crown land, logging roads and BLM and land. It's not a BLM, BML Bureau of land management, BLM land, unless Unless you know of those places, it is harder. A lot of people are like, where do you park? Where mm-hmm. do you park, right? But, and the seasons. And the, yeah, so in winter, you can't go down logging roads. They're not plowed. That's why Baja's a dream. Also, everyone in Baja this winter, I had the biggest FOMO. Yeah, it was like, really nice. Oh, what a life down there this year. I know. Everyone's making friends. It's a giant community of people. Just having a great time. In the sun. So nice. 
Baja is the place to van life. Yeah. It taints van life though for America and Canada because yeah. you just compare everything to Baja and you're like, why am I not there? Things are half the price. It never compares. Never compares. So that's when we started diving really into the off grid because we found all these off grid places in Mexico and Guatemala that we were like, we need to find these places in Canada. So we would just search. One time, remember we drove to Quebec and we had no idea. We, we crossed into Quebec because we were just following an Iowerlander spot. Yeah. And all of a sudden the stop signs changed from stop to a ret. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> to be honest, when I reflect on that time of our life, we had this obsession with, we had an obsession with being somewhere where no one was. It was truly, truly bizarre and kind of weird. Like, I think we, in a way, are different now in van life. Like, I think we actually like being around people and like the community. It took us a while to like realize that because we were so obsessed with the idea of being the furthest away from society and everything. It was also what no one was really showing online unless they were a camping channel, which I think was like really cool to do. Mm -hmm. And it's that's something we had always done, even what, in the tent. That's what I was going to say, what, what we were passionate about. And more so, it was really awkward to vlog in front of people for me and you yeah. at that time. People love it too. People now, really love the experience I, of being transported to somewhere so incredibly. It's a dream. I love it. I think maybe whenever I'd go online, like that, those are the channels I would watch. Same. Someone in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I loved it. So that's probably where it all started. Such an interesting thing though. Cause mm -hmm. yeah, like who drives like <laughs> yeah. a ridiculous amount of hours just to Sit say there. that you're going to park your van and be there and just sit there. What a funny thing. But I love it. But is like that. I love it. I think that also made us feel like we had a backyard. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing for yeah. us is just thinking of our backyard and the trails we could go on and the things we could see, the lakes we could swim in. Yeah. The black flies we could hang out with. <laughs> I think we had gotten to a point in the van where, you know, what year, what year was it? Like it was 2021 and we were like, okay, we've been hanging out in Canada for a long time. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We need our own backyard. And so that's when we started searching for land and it was really such an easy transition into cabin life that way because we had been thinking about it for so long now that we've reflected and had this conversation I realized that it wasn't just random like you know all throughout our travels we were like always looking for what we have here yeah but this is just like the van eating a bunch of donuts like look how big this place is compared to the van do you know what I mean I don't know how to <laughs> I was gonna say like it is like do you know what I mean like this is van life our our version of van life 10.0 you're right. Right? You're like, right. One of the things we said when we drove here, our first time driving here was, this is a place we'd look for in the van and yep. park our van here. Yeah. But we'd is, probably get kicked out. This was a logging road. And that's but now like- we can't get kicked out. What we, yeah, we can't get kicked out. And like, this is what we used to look for 100%. This yeah. is exactly it. When we found the cabin, we were looking at aerial shots only. We yeah. weren't even looking at anything bones, else. We anything. didn't look at the cabin. We didn't look at anything. We wanted to see an aerial of the surrounding area. And if it felt like what we were searching for, for the last three years, we were into it. Exactly. And yeah. So we were on the other side of the world. That's why Crystal says aerial, because it was a drone shot that made us buy this place. So then as soon as the borders opened in Canada that we were allowed to come into the Maritimes, we drove right here and yeah, just parked a van at the end of the driveway because we couldn't get down. It's all kind of a blur until you like sit down and talk about it. I forget that, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I forget like just how far we went in the van and like. We went far, really far. 
we plan to even go farther one day. Thank you to everyone who watched our Mexico series when we first joined YouTube. And everything. Every means, video. It means the world to me. Yeah. And for all of you who are with us today yeah. and stuck with us. That's why we're here. Yeah. It's because of all of them. Thank you. If you don't get any views, you're not here. Community is everything. It is. And then after coming to the cabin, we'll get into the cabin transition in a in a moment, but then we took off again last winter, right? And I think this is when I realized that van life was not van life when we started. We started when there was very few people living in the van. You could basically park anywhere. Very few van life amenities. People thought you were really cool when you lived in a van <laughs> everywhere you went. They were not like, Not always well, the case now. Not the case now. So when we were traveling from the cabin down to Mexico last year, we parked in Malibu at an eye overlander spot that people said was okay to park at. It was like not near the ocean. So I'm not obstructing anyone's view. It's just like up in a little nook. And it like was on an angle. Anyways, the RV park was full. We would have done that because I, I understand the whole thing going on in California. There's a lot of people that live in vans, but it was completely full and that's lack of planning on our part. But we were parked in the street and nine people yelled at us. Aggressively. Aggressively, using the F word, using other words that I just, I don't even want to repeat. It was really sad. It was really spooky. And it was scary. It was eye-opening. Because yes. truthfully, for the first two to something years of van life, we had- Our we first had, time in the van. The, the the time after, after we left the cabin, that's when we realized it was yeah. different. Because so we never had knocks. That's what I'm trying to say. We never had a the knock. The first time, like- Until the second time. I think time. there was maybe one time in a parking lot Nanaimo. in DC. And they but were, we knew we shouldn't. We they shouldn't were like, "Hey, like yeah. you know, you're gonna have to move tomorrow. Like you can't stay here. But we'll let you stay tonight. Yeah. Don't worry. Just like be out by seven. We're like, okay, cool. Which I think is like they would never do that anymore. Probably just not the case anymore. Like I, I just no, think, it's not. No, we it's have not. experience on the yeah. road now. Like we have experience going back now. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's not. I want to see what's gonna happen in Baja in the next few years too. I feel like if you're eager to get to Baja, get there soon and enjoy it because I just think that it is it's just, it's bound to change. It's just to it's tourism in general. Well, right? things are like, already changing. You can't sleep on Pescadero anymore. Right. That's yeah. what I was told by someone, mm -hmm. which was like an amazing off-grid camp spot where you yeah. could like watch the pro servers. It was oh my gosh, they were so good. Funny story. I took my brother out there. I've surfed a couple times. He has never surfed, and I took him on the biggest waves in in the rockiest place. In the rockiest place, and we absolutely ate. It was like, a show. I was on the beach laughing, howling, her and Haley eating popcorn and having <laughs> beer, laughing. We ate, and I was like, I actually apologize, have to, because surfing's very serious, and so is the ocean, very serious. Respect it, but they didn't look that big from the shore. Holy moly. I was on my face. I lost my underwear. My bathing suit. Lost it all. <laughs> I lost my underwear. But yeah, back to, I mean, the, the yeah. road is never ending. There's so many places to go in vans, but it, it, it does feel and look differently. Yes. Especially in North America. I mean, yeah. mainland Mexico is probably still very much the same. Oh, yeah. But yeah. like, and I think that's like what it comes down to is if I were to go back into van life, I think I would want to be traveling Central America, South America. I agree. I would want to go past Mexico and well, I mean, there's, a, there's the whole world. You can ship your van anywhere. That's, that is, yeah, van but life. Europe has rules. Van, this is like van life is so amazing. No, but there is, rules are good, there sorry. is another side of Europe that like, I, I know I haven't seen and people haven't shown like Eastern Europe. Like think about what it means to be like in rural rolling Hills, like out there like they're yeah. for sure outside of I mean of course it's like there's probably harder in areas but think about there's a whole world that's the idea of van life it's like there actually isn't limits like you don't have to be contained to Canada or the US like you can go anywhere with your van you can ship it anywhere anywhere I know well when, drive we, when, we, when if, we were getting to Argentina we wanted to ship it or when we went we were going to go to Argentina and then we we're going to go to Brazil we wanted to ship it across to Europe 
Yeah. That was our plan. Yeah. You can, wherever there's a road, you can do that lifestyle. Shipping. Yeah. Yeah. Just put your vehicle on a boat. One day I want to get back to that, whether it's in a van or a truck, who knows? Unimog. Just kidding. They're way too expensive. I wish. Unimogs are wild. Mm -mm. I actually saw a really cool one on Instagram yesterday. Is it Nat's friend? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that as well. What a beauty. Yeah. It's just like if your tire pops, it's like a thousand dollars a tire. Like you got to think of longevity here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the transits are so appealing. If something mm-hmm. breaks, it's affordable. A cheaper pot, pot, a cheaper part. That's just a cheaper pot. I <laughs> <laughs> think I'm in Europe already. Anyway, yeah. What, like, so, what are your like wrap so, up thoughts about van life? I think van life is an amazing way to live. It's an amazing way to travel, see to, the world, to immerse yourself in a culture, and like you can stay on a local piece of land and live with the family. It's a very cool intentional way to live, to be like, I'm going to live small and live more affordably. Hopefully if your van doesn't break down a million times and do what I want. Yeah. You can also save money if you're living in a van while working. Cause think about the future. You can have Starlink now in your van. We haven't I'm experienced not, that. No. Also, I don't, I think it's great, but I think people need to have boundaries with their Starlinks because, well, for instance, you went to Costa Rica recently and you're November. like, eh, eh, Crystal went to Costa Rica in November and everyone at the hostel was on their phones. I was like, Crystal, why are you texting me right now? Go have fun in Costa Rica. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'll talk to you later. To be honest, I was completely devastated. Having traveled before social media and everyone having cell phones. This is going to sound like so millennial of me. (laughs) Um, Having traveled before all of that, before you could just like have a phone and it tells you where to go. You know, you actually had to use maps and ask people and figure it out and remember things and download maps, et cetera, et cetera. And you couldn't just go on Instagram and YouTube and all of that long before that, like when you'd show up to a hostel, everyone was talking to each other. Everyone was making friends. It was such a different experience traveling. And then when I went to Costa Rica in November, I looked around the hostel and everyone was in their kind of like groups, like texting, texting doing work, probably, yeah. um, t- you know, talking to friends yeah. and family, you know, and they were just like not in the room. And I was like, whoa, Krista wasn't making friends this because is, everyone was on their phones. I was desperate to make friends. I, I, I would, I was walking up to people and like talking to them and it like turned out to be fine. But like, you really had to put yourself out there now because yeah. it's such a different experience. That's kind of similar to van life. Jasmine and I were talking about this. We're like, wow, imagine what it means to be in a van now to be where we used to go so off the grid, but you are completely connected. It kind of scares me, but it's kind of great at the same time, right? Yeah. I think you just have to put boundaries on yourself being like, I'm not plugging my Sterling in tonight or I'm, I'm going to go mingle. I'm going to go for, do this. Yeah. But like not for, everyone's going to do that. For and- those of you who are listening to this, if this is you and you have Starling, try shut it down sometimes I want you to just like totally shut it down and just like remember that because like even us we should do it here lol (laughs) but it's such a feeling to be like like van life before all that it was it was different it just is it's different before Starlink. Mm-hmm. Starlink, you're totally so connected. It's different because you're now connected to the world all the time at any given moment, which is a double-edged sword because you can now work online like, and do anything. It's incredible. Be anywhere you want to be. It's incredible. I think I think it has more pros and cons. But Our whole life, by the way, is currently run by Starlink. Like, truly. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I love it. Yeah. I love it. But I think there's something to be said. I think traveling... Be- no, but the thing what we're trying to say is traveling... It's not about the places you are. It's about the people you meet. It's about the community you make while traveling. And that's what makes traveling. And I feel like that's getting diminished because one, you have Starlink. Two, you can't park everywhere you used to be able to park. You know what I mean? So now you're like in RV parks, which is like more rules and more like 
it's just a different feeling at an RV park than just being at like a vast beach and you just go up to your neighbor, right? I also think there's something to be said about what it means to be in these places and like to be disconnected. You're not going to see as much. Like imagine in that uh, that Oaxaca beach, like would we have like found all the way up at like the Palapas or like no. found all these secret little places or went to the pond for the fresh water? No, no. because I would have been working or I would have just gone to the ocean. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Or we would have watched Netflix that night. Exactly. Yeah. You don't we have- wouldn't have seen those fishermen out by the pond exactly. at 12 at night. Exactly. With their flashlights. So cool. But yeah, I know it's just a different story. So there's so many good things about it. But yeah, it's just like, it is something to think about. It is something to think about because it is so accessible. It's something to think about. Yeah, you because should have boundaries. Because the feeling not having it is also cool. Yeah, I guess what we're trying to say is if we went back to van life, I think we'd be probably a little taken back with how it is because of those new things happening. It's overcrowded everywhere and you're constantly connected and it just wouldn't feel the same and you can't compare it to old situations you just to like adapt and change with the new times 100 yeah. i'm happy we experienced that though yeah which is why i was so like grateful that we experienced yeah yeah go now please everyone. encourage like, i was encouraging that because it is like a such a cool feeling because it's only gonna get even weirder if we can say that you're gonna have the glasses on you're gonna be like sitting on the beach and you're gonna be scrolling instagram like this like no apple's coming with glasses i don't know if that was a lie on tiktok or not but out they they're $3,000. I could be fo- poofed, spoofed, fooled, fooled. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. You know what though? And we're not far off. Yeah. This whole conversation inspires me. This is like a complete side tangent, but I want to go camping in a tent. Like I want to go to Massasauga or like Killarney and like sit yeah. in the back country and just like enjoy the solitude and the disconnected disconnectedness. I miss that. It will make you very uncomfortable, but in a good way. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Or like traveling without like a cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling. So all of these experiences, I think I know made us successful in cabin life. We didn't have internet when we first moved here. We didn't even have a phone plan. Nothing worked here. But we were so used to living off the grid, away from the people, that it was already our norm. So that adjustment didn't feel like an adjustment, other than the travel bug, of course, comes around every November. You're actually right. We had to drive 45 minutes when we first got here to get service. We had to literally drive 45 minutes to upload our YouTube video from a hotspot from our phone. I also blacked that out. Cause that was yeah, because you were hanging out swimming at the river while I was going like this SEO. It was actually hard though. No, I mean, no, I'm what kidding. I'm meaning is you like- You do a lot too, but we have different roles, everyone. So I'm not being rude. I'm just saying. What I meant by that though- You're is with the dogs. I genuinely f- forgot about that because it was like so, so horrible having to drive an hour to go talk to someone on the phone or go online. Exactly. So imagine what it felt like. So when people say like, how did you adjust it? was the same life we were living, but we just came back to the same place. Where if let's say you went from like a regular house or you went from van life nowadays, what van life is now, that would have been hard to adjust because it would have been moving backwards. I feel like we were like stepping forwards in the sense that we had to drive four to five minutes in the van to upload a video sometimes. Sometimes we had to drive three hours. You know what I mean? Every single thing we had to do in the van, like laundry, we had to drive to. That's like what we have to do now. So it's very normal. If we were to go from cat, from this cabin right now to the old cabin, that would have been hard. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I just think the adjustment it's hard happened. To, well, it's it's super hard. Like it's for sure proven. It's hard to like- Backtrack. Backtrack. Then, then Moving move forward. forward in comfortableness and like becoming more comfortable is like obviously easy and like amazing. It's a great feeling. But taking back comforts and luxuries is hard. That's very hard. Yeah. Yes. 
And that's not what we did. So I feel like the adjustment was... It only got better. Yes. Also, I'm forever grateful that you discovered Kit Whistler and that it led us to van life. And just, you know, that whole story you shared in the intro. I love road life. I love van life. I can't wait to get back to it one day. And... The van is the heart to it all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just forever grateful for that experience because it's led us to where we are today it's and for vessel. taking that leap and... Yeah. It brought us home. Yeah. The van brought us home. Yeah. What an amazing lifestyle. Yeah. It just saying yes and living like fly. Whimsicalness. Got us here. It's really how it all began. And then was the challenge of moving in to a cabin in the woods where we couldn't even get down our driveway. And settling down. Settling down. <laughs> but we're going to save that story for another time. Yeah, we better. It's a story in itself. See you all next Wednesday. We're going to dive more into the cabin and the details of the cabin. Yes. And again, anything you want to hear, please let us know in the comments below. Yes. We cannot wait to answer all of them in depth, raw, real, unfiltered, uncut. This is podcasting. But that was a little bit of our history, a little piece of where Van Wives began and our van life story and, you know, just some jibber jabber about everything we think about it, around it. Don't forget, get yourself a 10 mil. <laughs> See y'all next Wednesday. See you Wednesday. Bork, bork, bork. We love you back. <laughs>